You are listening to Anchored in Faith, formerly known as HCD Talks, the official podcast of Humano Corpus Dignitate. Well, hi, Carlos. Hello. So we have a very special guest today. Um, Carlos, would you like to introduce her? So this is Hyacinth. She is a fellow Catholic sister, and she's involved with the ministry. She, like uh, Angel, is in the healthcare field, so they have a whole lot in common things to talk about that are way over my head. But um, she has a very um, big heart for God, and she's out there really trying to empower people to see their self-worth, regardless of whatever situation they're in right now or if they have gone through some trauma or struggles. And she has so graciously agreed to share her story as well as her journey on, on really recovering from some of her struggles and trauma. And we'd like to introduce Hyacinth right now. All right. So hi, Haya. Hi. Thank you for inviting me. It's really um, a pleasure to be here with you guys. I'm really glad that you got to join us. And by the way, Haya is joining us from the Philippines. So technology works wonders and we're able to connect with each other from all over the globe. So um, Haya, first of all, um, what, why don't you tell us a bit of your story and um, your beginnings um, and then maybe get into um, what was your faith conversion, I guess you could say. Okay. Awakening. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a survivor of childhood abuse and I was molested as a child. And um, because my family is quite dysfunctional, um, there's a lack of love from my parents because my parents are both really deeply wounded. And because of that woundedness, they don't have that process in their life. And it's still hunting them until they're getting old. So my mother have a lot of anger. And because of that, it affects us children. So it affects us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. When I say mentally, because it gives us torture. Um, I live in so much fear as a child. And also there's a lot of like a dark and negativity and there's not really have that healthy relationship and the second is emotionally because I have to be silent and because of that I have to keep all the emotions to myself and I'm afraid to talk about it I'm afraid to speak out and because of that shame because it's between the family secret and it's, it's because of shame I don't need to tell that to anyone that affects my emotions and that affects my anxiety and depression because I don't need to tell anyone. And the third one is spiritually because both of my parents um, involved in the occult and they are into traditional, you know, Philippines is a pagan country before and all our ancestors are practicing occult and all this traditional healing, shamans and all this. And my parents um, adopted that. And I saw that in my eyes and I, I was really confused in my faith before because I couldn't really understand the Catholic combined with the awful practices. And because of that, it affects, I kind of like confused about my faith and my religion. So in that moment, growing up um, in high school, in college, 
I was very rebellious. I was very um, kind of like um, lost in my, because I don't have that family love. I don't have that um, sense of good relationship with others. And I keep all the problems with myself. And because of that, I tried to look for love in the wrong places and the wrong people. And I became rebellious and I go out partying, you know, all these things when you were a youth, you do all this stuff. And, and then there's just suddenly that I felt just so empty and everything is just so superficial. And I jump one relationship to the other. I don't really give and value myself so much. But I really value my education. I finished college and I became a biologist and a nurse. So I focus on that for my future. And then after that, I tried to really seek healing in a different way from occult practices, from different traditions. Like I went even into Malaysia to have this traditional healing. And um, I went to different like Buddhism, all these things. And I never really searched healing in the Catholic faith because I thought it's just a church and I couldn't really understand the sacraments. And so because of that, um, it didn't work. I got worse and worse and worse. So my depression and my anxiety get worse. So then I tried to went back into the Catholic faith and I'm just very like feel empty. And then I just found out that there is a healing retreat conducted by a Catholic group. So I went there and then I attended, I attended the retreat. And then after that, that started my conversion. And that really started my healing journey when I attended that retreat. And then after that, um, because out of desperation, I think I was really looking for that. And in 2012, I had my conversion and I started um, discovered my hunger and thirst for Christ. And then how the sacrament of the church really helps me and liberates me. So, um, I mean, reaching out with others right now with different issues, with their past, with their pain. Other people have their own story. I reach them out because also for their healing, they found that healing in Christ. It's, it's an amazing story that you went through this faith journey and you were so hungry to find something that spiritually was fulfilling. But before I get into that, you come from the Philippines, and we know that different countries have different resources. And you're talking about anxiety and depression. Um, and I, do you live in Manila, or what? What area do you live in right now? Um, I live. I was born in the south in Davao, a south part part of the Philippines, and then I went to Manila to work as a nurse. And then there, from there, I found a therapist in Manila because in the south it's a quite countryside, and you don't, you can't really find anything. And therapy and psychiatry, if you say that in the Philippines, is not really that common because um, if you see a psychiatrist or a therapist, that it that means you're crazy or something wrong with you. So I think Philippines is mm -hmm. not really open about it. Until now, I, I mean, right now they are a little bit open about it because there's a lot of people are depressed. But before back then, um, they are not really that open, and we, I can't even have an access in my country, like in, my, in the countryside in where I I came from. You can't really find a therapist or something. But then when I went to Manila, 
um, I think it's God's providence that He gave me people that really helped me through um, the Benedictine sisters that I met and they introduced me into the Ignatian spirituality. And then that's how I met my therapist. And she's a Catholic. And I think in therapy, it's just about your psych, your mind, and it doesn't involve God. So in therapy, it's just all about psychology. But if you speak about psycho-spiritual psycho healing, it involves God. So it really reflects on how you discover and understand yourself more with God. It involves Him in that psycho-spiritual healing. So it's a struggle at the beginning to find a therapist in the Philippines because um, not so many people are really open about it. And that's um, that's why I was really curious because I'm aware. Um, the, and that, honestly, that cultural barrier translates even to um, some of the more, the older Filipinos here, where it is it is where you, once you start talking about any kind of psychological issues, that it, it's, they lock you up and throw away the key, you're crazy, that's it. And that yeah. still does translate here. Um, so that's why I was really curious to know what kind of resources you had, but like you said, it was, um, it was providential and the, and the method that you were able to find your therapist is amazing because it was through, um, through your spirituality that you were able to find your therapist. So that's so, that's great. Yes. And also with my psychiatrist, I really felt lucky that God gave me people and it, and for my therapist, I know therapy is very expensive, but then the sisters, because I know the sisters, they gave me discounts. So I think it's just about $10 per hour. So in once a week for two years. So I have that therapy for two, two years process. And then that really helped me process my emotions and understand myself and also understand my childhood, like, like my child woundedness you know when I see my my ch like little inner child being wounded so I became more compassionate with myself and also with the psychiatrist because I have I was diagnosed with anxiety depression and also post-traumatic disorder and because of that um, at the beginning I couldn't accept myself I don't want to take medication I was confused but then the psychiatrist is really um, it took me like two psychiatrists because the first one is kind of like not so gentle so really have to find someone that is more gentle compassionate and understanding so the second one really helped me because she really really like in convinced me to take the medication because um you know when you are not pr being processed and your brain changes in in medical side the ptsd the depression and the anxiety have a different brain um what you call that anatomy already in the normal brain so the doctor told me you have to take a medication because it's good for you and because before, if I didn't take medication, it really got worse. And I feel so afraid in the crowd. I couldn't even re talk to people or even look them in the eye. You know what I mean? And then now, um, because of that, because I agreed to take the medication and, sh and it is for free. You know, medication in the Philippines is very expensive for a psychiatric medication. And the Benedictine monks really helped me because they they sponsored my medication and it's for free. So I don't really spend as 
I think I thank God for everything because he really provided all these people for me because all these people like they're giving it for free or all my medications are free so I am very privileged to have that and it really helps me and then after that after a year after two years I have my medication I get well I don't have much anxiety anymore and I don't really dwell on the past anymore so I think it really helps when you combine a therapy, a medication, and also with your faith, you go to the sacraments, you go confession. I think it really, really helps. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and uh, it, it certainly falls it follows in the footsteps of Jesus, the healer, who obviously came for the yeah. sick. And I think too many times in the gospel, we certainly focus on those with physical ailments, but obviously. Um, I know when, the, when Angel and I did a talk um, about a year and a half ago, I, I mentioned how um, one of the stories of a man who was possessed, like there are actually people who um, say that may have been a mental illness, which it, you know probably was a possession. But the idea was Jesus looked on him with pity because he could see he was suffering, but it was not just a physical ailment. It was something inside of him. Yeah. So um, we as Christians should be following that example and, you know, I think culturally we've fallen short, obviously, with the whole notion of your quote unquote crazy where here now. And I think it's more of the younger generations are talking more about mental well, no, their mental well-being, which is amazing. Um, OK, I've been teaching uh, young people for quite a number of years. And, um, you know, you always think you've seen it all and, and you, you haven't. And it, it's it's surprising to um, hear more of their stories. And again, a lot of them have been through a lot. And and sometimes the all I can do is really sit and talk to them and listen. But how much, are, what would you like to share in terms of what you've gone through and your struggles? And because we've noticed in your ministry, you know, obviously you, you do address those things and you encourage people to, um, to, you know, not be ashamed of what they've gone through and to recognize that they still have great value. But obviously, you know, Maybe some of the stories are similar to people you've spoken to or whatever, but what are some things that you've gone through that you'd like to share with us? Um, I think it's about like the mental health because um, because it's one of the really worst things that happened to me because when you were abused as a child, it affects you. And most of the um, survivors of abuse commonly, like majority, 90% have this. And still when they're adults, when they are getting old, if they are not processed, it's still there. So for me, the struggle is really to handle that anxiety that you can't understand yourself. Why? What's the reason? Like it just comes out. And also your depression, sometimes you just feel that self-pity, less so less self low self-esteem and everything, and you don't value yourself, you hated yourself, you know, you everything, it's all negative. And what what really helps me um, with this struggle is that I think when I understand myself in the therapy before, I try to be more compassionate with myself that it's okay. It's okay to feel like this. Feel your emotions. Feel that, yes, I am insecure. Feel and accept that. Because if you acknowledge your wound and your pain, you are in the first step of healing. Like, okay, I'm abused. That's me. I'm part of it. I'm as a child, I was abused. That's part of who I am. So you have to accept that. Because if you don't have that acceptance, 
then you will have difficulties in the future. You can't, you know, you go into deep depression again. So I think one of the, you know, key elements of healing is to accept, acknowledge, and then learn, you know, when you get more healed, I think Jesus taught us the sacraments of how we he will transform us and that that's jesus how helped me because there is three types how he gonna restore us first he teaches us with the prayer with the reading with the scriptures and all this reading in the scriptures through meditation it helps me in my mind like all the struggles in my brain my head and my thoughts you know it's just sometimes it mellows down when you read the scriptures and it helps me and the second thing is how we gonna how jesus gonna transform us through the sacraments and i go as much as confession as i want whatever sins i remember i confess it to the priest because if there is sin that is not confessed i think it will some a lot of people are having depression because there's a lot of sins in the past that really never really recognized and you need to really cleanse yourself and your body mind and soul so it should be in one holistic you know approach so i think for me it really helps that's how jesus helps me with my struggle with reading the scriptures go to the sacraments having confession and also try to really you know open up your brokenness to him acknowledge because in the bible there's a lot of verses about the adulterous woman the samaritan woman the pharisees all this um in the bible shows us how, how you know painful and and sinners and wounded we are so yeah i think mental health these days is one of the struggle and if only people can know the results of it like if you really get serious about healing then you have to be serious also with cooperating with the holy spirit that's actually amazing i'm sorry because my uh my um pastor he did a homily last weekend and he was because obviously he was preparing us for lent and he was telling us that he had a conversation once with a um, a Jewish psychiatrist who, because I know in, with in Catholicism there there it got to the point where at a certain point a lot of Catholics stopped going to confession, and the psychiatrist said, "Yeah, once you guys stop going to confession, my business started booming." You know, so it was interesting how when we turned away from the sacraments in that regard, we ended up you know, still hurting. And I, I love how you talked about the sacraments, you know, in plural form, because, you know, one of the, the beauties, I think, of Catholicism is that in, in these sacramental expressions, if you will, that we're able to touch Jesus. Like, you know, we taste the Eucharist, you know, there's that healing hand we feel in confession. Like you walk into a church, you can smell not just the candle, but you could smell the church. So like everything about us that makes us human actually we can address it in, in the church. So what I'm gathering though, was, would you say a lot of what you experienced was more like verbal abuse and cause which, you know, I think to this day, we still underestimate how much that can hurt people. I think it's a lot like verbal, sexual, you know, physical. I think I have the complete package of abuse. <laughs> oh, and, wow. And I think, um, because I think, because, 
for me, if I'm if I'm not strong and I don't have the strength from God, I think a lot of people are gone crazy. If a lot if you are a child and you cannot cope with that events, I think a lot of people have more problems. But the only um the only good thing about um this with my journey is that I have faith, and because I hang on and I hold ha- God's hand. And I just didn't give up. So I think for me, that's really the best thing that, you know, you can really feel his love and his protection and his healing after all. And after all of that, what happened in the past. Now, right now, I can honestly say that it grows me. It, you know, it makes me more mature. It makes me more um, compassionate with others. I think it makes me more like and more understanding. Sometimes because of that pain and suffering you have from your family, you project that with others and it affects your relationship. And I'm still in the process of healing my relationships because um sometimes I think God teach us how to avoid toxic relationships. And for me, I grew up having that toxic environment and for me I think you have to really really learn how to um in a spiritual you know in a spiritual side you have to put it in a way that that moment god purified you this is the suffering that he will purify me to become a saint so i i accept that and i didn't really dwell on it and i didn't have that grudge and hate to my parents or my my family i just try to accept them and love them and try to understand that um they don't have healing yet and i had, i try to understand where they're coming from so all these things you will be able to understand other people as well if you yourself been through a lot also wow that's beautiful that's amazing yeah. um so one of the things that i've noticed on your um when you're posting is that you've spent a lot of time in the holy land and you you've been in the i believe you're in the monasteries and the and um you spent time in um as a hermit and then you did um you did more so how did you get into how did you get to the holy land first of all and um what was that story in that journey and how did that help in your healing process and your spirituality and um where it's led you on your journey now yeah it's kind of like funny a lot of people try to ask me about this and i thought you know i think god really did that for you you can't really explain why you are you went to holy land for you know for for without a reason i think god already destined that and I believe that he had had that plan on me to you know to bring me to Holy Land because before I have that desire I say in the prayer that Lord I want to go to the place where you went to so I think he listened to that and he answered my prayer and I wrote I remember I wrote because of my depression I really I I came to the point I was so desperate so I wrote a letter to different congregations that I want to you know just volunteer help observe the life so i i wrote from uh congregations from italy france and israel so i thought okay lord um i just wait um whatever response and then the israel in the holy land is very like i had the like a quick response so i thought that is god's will and they were inviting me to come over 
and then they process my visa. So I think everything is just really God's will if you put everything into action. So I met them in online. I emailed them and then they said, come over. I, we will take care of everything. So I went there and then my visa got approved. And so, yeah, for one year I spent with the being like in solitude and it's quite really tough because I experienced as a hermit and I have my own hermitage. So I think all my experiences in Holy Land is really, really beautiful that I couldn't even like, um, I, I don't know, until now it's still in my heart, like everything that happens there, like all the pilgrimage with the nuns and everything. So I think God really brought me there to also to be, you know, to heal and to be in the places where he has been. So it's really a privilege and I felt really loved. And because of that love, I want to share it with others. That's beautiful. And when you're telling this story, I I really would like to share what came on my heart. I One of my favorite gospel passages is, is the woman who washes Jesus's feet with her tears because yeah. um, she recognizes who he is. And what's beautiful about it is what she does is kind of odd, but he sees that it's sincere. And I think she recognizes yeah. that he would still love her, you know, for who she was. Obviously the other people that were present at the meal were just for who she was. It was odd for her to even be there. And then for the, her gesture, but she essentially submitted to him. You know, she threw herself to him at, I wouldn't even say at his mercy, but like she essentially like allowed herself to just open up to him. And because yeah. of that, he saw the genuine expression and he loved her for who she was. And he saw the, the burden she was carrying. See, a lot of times we talk, we, we look at these gospel stories, but we, we should kind of psychoanalyze them and say, well, think about it. They're, they were just as human as we were. What do we carry? They carried the same thing. And I'm hearing from what you're telling me, I, I completely agree. I think God honored your heart because he yeah. he saw you sincerely wanted him to heal you and it's so inspiring to me because yeah, and I me personally yeah huh? and i couldn't even understand before the teachings of the church i couldn't even understand um really the deep uh, you know deeper in a deeper way so that's why when i was in the monastic life for three years i think god equipped me there to understand the teachings of the church and deepen my prayer life and devotion and to really understand the church itself and to have that really intimate relationship with him. So in Holy Land, I really felt that like everything in complete package, like I was with the nuns. I felt like really God gave me the nuns to take care of me. You know what I mean? Like they will take care of me and they are there and I'm the only one that is not an, a sister. So I think um, from my experiences there, it helps me understand more and it helps me understand him more. And I became more, I think my faith grows more, I think more closer to him. I'm what so I love about your story, what I love about your story, Haya, is that you honestly, I mean, you, you, you're an example of it's not just enough to sit there and want it and desire it. Yeah. You put this into action and you said, I'm going to go out and seek these places. You sought them out. You, you did the writing and you said, I'm going to look for this. 
I'm going to look for somewhere that's willing to take me in so that I can live this life. And then you put all your trust and your faith in God. And you said, God, send me where you want me to go. And you went and you found more than what you even probably sought for. And that's just so that uh, the amount of courage and bravery shows how just how deep of a faith you already had. And the fact that you were able to deepen your faith even more is just so amazing. And I, I, you know, you are a testament and a great example to anybody who is seeking this type of not just healing, but the spirituality. Yeah, I think I think we all need, um, you know, when we are a vessel, we need to be broken. Like if I'm not being if I'm not, I don't have a pain before, maybe I could have have a worldly life and just, you know, having this life with friends and work. I think I don't really need to find God. But then God gave me pain in order to break me so that he will come into my life because that's that's how we are. He's going to transform us. If we don't need to be broken, we can't be healed, then we we don't really experience that. If we don't, if we are not broken, we don't experience how is it to be whole, to be healed, right? So I think um, all these things that happen to us, it's not like it's a negative thing or it's unfortunate, but I think it's a grace from God that we need to accept that it will help us grow and it will bring us more closer to him. Just like addiction, abuse, a lot of people have gone through all this, but then a lot of people don't know that all these things are awakening of that person. But that person, if not awakened, then he's stuck, right? So a lot of people are stuck because they are not awakened yet. So if you recognize that pain and you turn to God and surrender and let go, and then that time you will just being transformed by him. I think that's the really the, um, you know, the way of how God really will heal us because you cannot be healed by God if you don't have any brokenness, right? Like, how can you testify to others that, yeah, I'm healed, but I don't have any wounds, right? <laughs> so I think that's how. Um, True. Yeah, that's how He's going to testify that He works in your life, and a lot of people don't really believe in Him or rely more on the psychology or other things and other people seek healing through yoga or other things through eastern eastern religion so we all have um you know a different path and it depends how you're gonna find the truth but for me everything worked i mean now i'm really like i have that joy and peace of christ and i'm really happy and i don't want to look back anymore so, yeah. I see, I actually see parallels with the Blessed Mother here because your healing seems to be really similar to her, her fiat, you know, accepting the, the role of Jesus, Jesus's mother, you know, the faith yeah. she would have had to do that. Now, obviously you made a good point about you can't be healed without being broken with, with our Blessed Mother being without sin. You know, obviously, we all wish we were in that position. But yeah. the one thing that, you know, we have to admire in her is, you know, at the presentation of the temple, when she kind of got a little preview of like, okay, this is what you're going to go through being his mother, you know, the suffering, you know, the rejection he would go through from, from his ministry to his passion. But, you know, he would need her 
at that point. You know, he still was a man. He needed his mother. He needed someone who would love him without without reservation. But also our Blessed Mother, being the Jewish woman she was, knowing the history of her nation, she knew the brokenness that her people had gone through, you know, all yeah. of the struggles and all. So this was their hope. So, you know, the, the, your courage is, is reminiscent of hers. And it's like, I, we admire you for that. I mean, and for you then yeah. to share your story, I think is amazing. So, yeah, you know, I know you. besides being here with us today, you know, obviously with what you're doing in your own, in your own uh, ministry, in your own work. So, uh, you know, we, I, we both really do admire your courage. And now you are a walking testament to the power of God's healing hand. And so um, you are such a, you're such a beautiful woman. You're such a beautiful soul. Um, and I'm so grateful to you to um, not only share your story, but your, your willingness and your passion to help others who have gone through it. And I think through you that God is going to start the healing process for many other people. And so I really admire you for your courage. And I really, um, I'm really appreciative and blessed that we got to know you um, in this capacity. So thank you so much, Haya. Yeah, thank you, Angel yes, thank you. and Carlos. I think, um, I think I'm really just, if only a lot of people are suffering now, if only um, they know how the church helps you. I mean, the church is like a hospital, right? So if yes. we are sick, if we are sick, we have to go to the church because that's how we get healed. And I hope and I really pray that a lot of people now will go back to the church because without the church, um, we are lost completely. So, Amen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, Haya, so with your ministry, um, how can people get a hold of you or get in contact with you or see what, you're, see what works you're doing? Um, right now, I'm just doing, because I'm working as a nurse, so be, last year, because of COVID, I tried to, you know, having speaking engagements and also do life coaching. I, I also conduct healing retreats, and um, yeah, they can just follow me on Facebook, and I'm working on my website, so I'm just starting my ministry. I don't even know, like, <laughs> I don't even know what the Lord really wants, but then now, I think little by little, He's trying to show that to me and reveal that, so I'm still in the process, and I'm still in the process also working my website, so yeah, they can just follow me through Facebook and also in my email if they want to have, um, you know, life coaching or they want to have a one-on-one -on -one retreat. Absolutely. And we'll, um, we'll put all those links on the, um, on the, when we post the podcast. So that would be amazing. And so glad that we can, um, we can get in contact with you. And so um, do you have any last words that you'd like to say to anybody before we go? Um, I think my last message is that um, you just, you know, if there is pain in your life, you don't need to, to, to dwell on it. You don't need to stop on it. Just, you know, grow and give it to God. Because if you do that yourself, you can't really do that yourself. You have to be with God. You have to give it to God because that's the, the, that's the thing. If you give it to God, it's more lighter. Because if you keep collecting stones, like people throw at you, 
you keep collecting them and it's become more heavy, right? So I think the only thing we can do is just offer everything to him and surrender and let him guide you and let him just have that, um, you know, control in your life. And really, you will be amazed of all the situations and the blessings will come in your life. So, yeah, I think God is really good and he always um, give us the needs, the all the needs that we have, the blessing and the providence. You don't need to worry about anything. He will just give it to you. That's Amen beautiful. That. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank Haya. you. Thank you um, for having me here also. Of course. And well, we hope that we can do us. something. We're hoping we can do something more in the future. Um, yeah. Again, you can find the links to Haya's Facebook page on our website and um, at hcdtalks.com. The, this podcast will be posted there, um, all the information, and it's going to be on our Facebook page. You can find us at um, with the handle at hcdtalks.com or at hcdtalks. hcdtalks.com is the website. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so Thank you Angel. You. Thank you, Carlos. God bless For additional episodes, videos, blogs, and more, visit us at www.hcdtalks.com or follow us on any of our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at hcdtalks. Thank you so much for listening.